one get a nigga, then I drop a penny. Wide body casting up on Ruchi, look like Rennie. Finna go shoot to LA and see my new hoe, she play tennis. I've been spinning. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. Welcome to another episode of the Shoot Your Shot Podcast. I am your host, C. Diddy, a.k.a. Kyrie Curving, a.k.a. Diddy Hendrix, a.k.a. Diddy Quarantino, a.k.a. Playoff Diddy, a.k.a. Diddy Toretto, ain't nothing stronger than family, a.k.a. <laughs> AKA the one true king of the South, a.k.a. Playlist Poppy, a.k.a. Summertime Shorty, a.k.a. Uh, I am the universal nigga. I, listen, I, I went to a church kickball game, a space tournament, and a cookout. All within 24 hours of each other. I am a universal Nick. You know I, mean? so I am I am the jack of all trades. So you did, I, you pretty much collected like the nigga yes. Thanos ring. I I def I, I beat okay. a nigga ass on the space table, ref the kickball game, mm-hmm. hung out with church folk and family members, and ate some damn good ribs. Listen, I am Thanos. And you went to Orange Soda and the White Party. And went orange soda and went to a white party and didn't get a stain on me. Nigga, I am Thanos. Unlike Uzi Bird, who was breakdancing. Never mind. <laughs> we gonna get this. We gonna get to the don't intro. Don't you hate don't you hate when the, the person that your dream turned out to be corny? Baby, what? <laughs> we gonna touch on that. Let's get to the intro. <laughs> Woo! Wait, baby, we gonna get because your girl has been on a run, okay? So do you want to introduce yourself, girl who's been on a run? To. I would love to. Hey y'all, it's your girl Allie Nicole, aka your favorite little shit talker, aka that bald headed badass, aka I was going, my employer don't, may be listening. Don't do that. Aka Miss Champagne Mommy, aka I just got a new job, aka the girl with no walls, jaws, or balls, aka that little baby. Who's gonna have to watch her mouth? <laughs> you can't say I'm gonna have to watch my mouth after you say you have a girl with no walls, jaws, or balls. Because baby, I say that because I'm a punk, a whole bitch, nutted up, shorted, shorted. Now here's the thing, okay? Before we start chopping the stable about our weekend and like the shit, because clearly we both had a time in the past 72 hours. Well, yeah, past 72 hours. But here's the thing. I am coming to the realization that not even, okay. So today, I know we, I make this announcement like once every four months, but your girl got a new job. <laughs> I, I'm glad you said it because if I say it, it sounds like hating, right? Like It's one of those things where you have to like acknowledge it because if someone else acknowledges like, you just sound like a hater. But it's one of those things where this is the first job I've had in a very long time I'm actually excited about. Like, oh, okay, like, cool. Like, this is something I really feel like I can sink my teeth into. I feel like I'm walking into a very healthy but, like, challenging, good, motivating environment. And the communication has been transparent. Everybody. How, how, how transparent, friend? Well. So mind you, I said today was my first day and actually the podcast came up in my interview. Like this is the first time that I ever mentioned that I had a podcast during an interview because like I try to keep those worlds very separate, but I realized that I'm not showing up as my authentic self like when I do that. So I'm trying to learn how to 
toe the line, right? Because there's obviously a huge line here, right? The line is not small. There's not a thin line. It's here. bold as hell. Bold as hell. And it would behoove me to figure out how to walk it because, un, you know, this is not something, this is a very much so a transferable skill. And for me, it's about being honest in yourself, but also appropriate, right? Right. So my new employer actually listened to the episode. He listened, I was informed that he listened to the latest episode this morning. And if you guys paid attention to anything I had to say last week, Nigga, that's not the episode I want him to that was. To. That would not have been the episode I would like you to have started off with. Like, honestly, I'd rather you have asked for my recommendation. Like, um, <laughs> <laughs> you know, but we're here now. Fuck it. We ball, right? And the crazy thing about it is he says, he goes to me, he says, hey, I love it personally. He says, however, the, the setting and the person and the things that you're going to be doing I don't want you to feel like if this were to come up in a meeting, if this were to come up when we're client facing, if this were to come up in a way that you feel like you would end up having to defend yourself or would take away from the talented woman that you are, then we would have a problem. And honestly, I don't want that to be a hindrance for you because you're talented. You're talented on your podcast. You're talented in these in this building. And you have a crazy potential and a crazy amount of like, you know what I'm saying? Like, you, you've got a crazy amount of good shit about you. I don't want somebody to hear this and think that that's only you. Like, that's, no. So, first of all, that is, that's love right there. Let's, let's take a minute to acknowledge that. Because he didn't say, oh, you need to quit the podcast or you can't be here. Like, they weren't nasty about it because I know that there are certain employers that be like, girl, girl, what is this? Girl, what you doing? There are other positions that I've had where I wouldn't even tell, like, Hell no, you can't know that I have a podcast. I wouldn't even talk about it. You know what I mean? But this is different. And I'm I'm showing up as me, but professional me, and I'm and and multifaceted. And yes, you are gonna learn a lot about me personally because I don't believe in hiding or shaming that. But who I show up to from eight to five or nine to five or whenever, who I show up to as on company time and who I show up as on Alex personal time are two totally different things. As long as I'm not disparaging, as long as I'm not, you know, making personal connections, the thoughts that are clearly the thoughts that are expressed on this year podcast are mine and mine alone and not reflective of my employer. Um, then I feel like it's play ball. But I do respect the fact that they said, hey, this is the line. That's it, sis. This is the line. And you can never you can never shame or be mad at somebody for telling you do your thing on your time, not mine. So shout out to that. Yeah, you, you know, like like I said, I still keep my very much church and state. There's people in my life that don't know I do a podcast, and that's fine. They don't need to know because um, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't need the church mama's father. Now, oh my God, have you heard what your boy done said on the internet? No, I don't, I don't. I don't. Well, what's funny is that I do have family members who listen to the podcast. I do like um. One of my older brothers listens. Of course, my sisters listen. Um, my, my parents have come to a live show. Um, shout out to Orange Soda Fest. So they know. And honestly, my parents know exactly who the hell they raised. So anything that comes out of my mouth is more or less like removing doubt more than it being surprising. So um, there's a lesson here about showing up as your authentic self. But, at, but 
I'm not going to allow my mouth to write a check. My ass can't cash because fuck all of that. <laughs> like, let's be clear. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm but more about this opportunity. It is crazy. And I'm going to just say that right there. Um, how my girl Tay Money said a whole brand new bitch busting. I am so excited about this opportunity. Like, I am geeked about it, actually. And my uh, my direct, the person I, I answered to directly, him and I went to lunch and got, you know, just first day lunch. Hey, welcome to the team. Here's me. Here's who I am. These are my expectations and getting to know each other a little bit. That's going to be my motherfucking partner in crime. Like, if he's Batman, I'm definitely Robin. And I'm looking forward to, like, building a dynamic team and with people who are ready to go get it. So. I'm geek. It feels good to be on the ground up running things and and people who see like, bro, we 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 got some we got some shit on our hands here. So I'm excited. Um God is good all the time. And all the time? God is good. <laughs> Won't he do it? Some of the nice, some of the nice. Yeah. <laughs> I had a blast this weekend on some real low-key shit. Like on some real like I'm not gonna do too much. Like I had a, I actually kicked it a little bit this weekend. Um, King Kiddo was here, um, so he spent uh, he spent the weekend with me. He was in and out though. Like he spent, we went to a birthday party. We both. My went. my man is booked and, and busy. busy. Okay, so he went to a birthday party. I went to a birthday party. Um, I got I ran into a lot of people I haven't seen in a while. We watched fireworks from my balcony, like. We had a we had a blast. I took him to hot ass Kings Island yesterday. Let me tell you something. First of all, I don't know how many times I have to say this. I do not like other people's kids. I like my kids. I like my nieces, my nephews, my god kids, my son, his brothers. You know what I mean? Like I like family. I even like my stepchild still. Like I like kids that I have influence over. I am not the parent or the person that's going to be like, oh, yeah, drop your baby off. It's fine. Hell no. I don't like kids like that. I am very much so an adult adult. And I don't start. And if you or your kid is not at least my son's age and maybe a year below that, maybe I don't I don't have it to do. I like the fact that kiddo is independent. I don't bro. Like, no. Our idea of spending time together is me leaving my room door open and yelling at each other from across the living room. Like, that works for us. That works out great. Like, and like, and then when he wants to be up underneath me, we watch a movie, he crawls up, kisses all over me. Like, we spend mommy sun time, we do our bonding thing. But we are both very interdependent, like, very independent people. So, I like, I like, I like, but no, I say that to say this. I wanted to have Kiddo's friends surprise him at King's Island because he didn't know that we were going. So I hit up a couple parents and I was just like, hey, we're going to go to the water park at King's Island, Soak City, for a little bit. You're more than welcome to join me up there, right? Do you know that these parents expected me to come not only come get their babies, pay for their babies, watch and possibly discipline their babies, and drop their asses off? Okay, I'll say this. I'll say this. Who the fuck do I look like? You look like the nigga, you look like the mama had planned of a surprise party for the kid. So I'll say I said, this. Meet me there. Meet well, as in you with parental supervision, 
bring your ass up here too. I am not that person. Unless I volunteer for that kind of shit, I assume the answer is no with me when it comes to watching your kids. No. So, so, but, so okay. So let me let me uh let me play the uh, play the opposite role, right? You hit me up saying, "Hey, I want to surprise my kid at King's Island with your with, with, with his friend with, with his friends." You come up here, and so now. In order to not be a dick to the kid, if I got to now pay for King's Island where I wasn't planning on going? Hear me out. Communicate that and be like, hey, sis, listen, I really don't have it in me to be walking around all like that. That wasn't a part of my agenda for the day. Um, I don't mind him, a little Timmy, Billy, Joel coming. But, you know what I'm saying? Do you mind? These parents assumed I was going to do it. So it ended up just being me and kiddo at Kings Island because the answer was no, you shouldn't assume. I said meet me there. Okay. I just you know what I'm saying? That that's the only thing that I was like, if I wasn't, you know what I'm saying, you know what I'm saying, if I wasn't planning on having the Kings Island day, I would, you know what I mean? I, so now so you, so you, that's your plan. I wasn't planning on doing that. So like uh yeah, like that's all you sis? Like you know what I mean? Like that's what, that's what would have been me. I was like, yeah, that's all you. Ain't me. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Oh, yeah. And shout out to everybody who offered to buy me lunch today and was like, we got to celebrate. I'm taking you to dinner. We're grabbing a drink. I'll be honest with you. For the next 30 days, my black ass has to stay in the house. Like, because of job and school, I'm almost at the end of my summer semester. I really need, like, I need the next 30 days for, like, complete focus. There are so many things in my life that are demanding of me, and I just need a hard reset. And I think I'm kind of preaching, like, the call is definitely coming from inside the house. But, like, don't invite me nowhere. And it... Because you're going to say yes. I'm going to say yes. <laughs> and, like, just, I really need to just sit. If you care about me, let me sit in the house. Just If I hit you up about plans, ask me, is your work for the week done? Is your schoolwork for the week done? And where you at with some of the goals that you said that you wanted to hit? Do you know what I'm saying? Like, hold, be, be an accountability buddy, okay? I'm just going to ignore you. I'm just going to be like, mm-hmm. I'm just like, nah, nope. All right. So, you, you want to get, I guess I got to say how my weekend went, right? I mean, if you don't want to, you don't have to. Because <laughs> it's been so long. I, I'm, 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 still, I'm still new to this. Um, so, this week, this weekend, this uh, happy 15 days after Ju- uh, Juneteenth weekend. Um, happy get a plate weekend. Happy get a plate weekend. Although, y'all niggas was fake as fuck on yesterday. Nigga, I asked who had a plate. I had liquor ready and available, and ain't no one have a plate for me. Fuck all you niggas. Anyway. I didn't, even, I didn't get any barbecue this weekend. None. <laughs> I ain't get enough. Like, I got, like, probably, like, like a couple ribs and, and a wind. But also... Because where I was going to, I didn't know them niggas. So I don't trust everybody's side. Like, I don't trust, you know what I'm saying? This was like a mixed bag family. Mm-hmm. I, don't tr- I don't trust everybody potato salad. I don't trust everybody mac and cheese. I don't trust everybody baked beans. Because I need to know you, you, you niggas know how to make it first. And You know what I mean? And I'm still a little, still a little wary of, like, communal shit. I you, never did potlucks, though. Or, or, but you know, it's not even potluck style, but you know what I'm saying? Like, 
it's it's a big cookout, so everybody kind of in the same. You know what I mean? So I was still I had a had a little anxiety on that, but anyway. So I was in Columbus slash Dayton this weekend. Mm-hmm. Um, so and I did a whole bu- I I did the Nig Olympics. All right, the the Nig Olympics. We gonna talk about the Olympics too. I did the Nig Olympics this weekend. So. First things first, shout out to Burn, Malcolm, Will, Marlon, the entire Burns of Friends um, conglomerate, LLC and whatnot. Hey, y'all. Um, they, they brought back Orange Soda. So Orange Soda, you know, it was, it's been over a year, obviously, since they had it, you know, partly, you know, mostly due to COVID, but also they felt they just, they needed to take some, some, some time off to really reevaluate how they wanted to move as an organization. You know what I mean? Um, you know, last summer, uh, with all of the things that came out, you know what I'm saying, on social media, as far as just some of the rape culture and incidents in Columbus and around Ohio, you know, that was something that they, they took seriously and they wanted to make sure that they weren't enabling those people to continue to harm innocent people. You know what I mean? So, they, 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 they did that. They took, and, and what they ended up doing was reevaluating some things, adding some things. Like they're, they're not publicizing it, but they have something called a creep list where if you're, have been, you know, stated that you are a weirdo, that you, you're, you're, you're handsy, you're, 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 you're any of those things, right? That you're a creep. You can't come. And they're not publicizing it because it's not meant to be like a, it's not meant to be a spectacle, right? It's not to be like, ooh, l- let me see who's on the list. It's more so it's like they're trying to actively and proactively protect their paying customer base from the, from the, from the people who have been known to, 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 to violate that trust. And if you, you, know, buy t- if you buy a ticket, it gets refunded. If you try to show up at the door, you'll be politely asked to leave. And they have people in there, but if they see motherfuckers acting weird, politely ask them to get the fuck on. So I fuck with that. And I fuck with that because a lot of people try to make a mockery out of like, oh, these niggas is the pussy police. <laughs> oh, these niggas. Like, and, and I'm going to be honest with you. The jokes, some of the jokes I saw, okay, the jokes are jokes. Niggas going to, like, that's what we do. Niggas are going to fucking crack jokes through the goddamn apocalypse. That's just what we do. But the, the part about it is at least they are doing something. At least, like, you can't ask people to be accountable and hold them accountable for wanting and creating a safe environment and then mock every single last thing that we do. I really actually have a problem with that. I have it's a, a, it's a it's a damned if you do, damned, damned if you if don't. You don't. But I because have if they let it, Yeah, if they let it go wild and didn't do shit, niggas will be like it's not a safe space, don't go there. But I have a problem with the fact that like I don't I don't like people who have complaints and no solution. I really don't like There we that. go. I really don't like that. And so, that is, and that is a lot of social media. A lot you of niggas say that you can't yeah. say, and I understand because, and that's why there are certain. I know. All right, I'm gonna just say this. There are a lot of topics on Twitter that I absolutely have the range to keep up with. Let let me be clear. Like I use my Twitter platform is honestly to get these motherfucking jokes off, and it's sometimes when I when I so choose, popping the fuck off, right? But if I wanted to talk about politics, I can run circles. If I wanted to talk about like. If I wanted to talk about more than just 
my dating life and how some of y'all got me fucked up. I absolutely could. But let me be clear. Sometimes Twitter is absolutely the platform where a lot of y'all you only use Twitter for it to be an echo chamber of your of like-minded thoughts and opinions. Y'all are not used to being disagreed with and not taking it as disrespect. And Twitter's just really not the platform for a lot of the the range of conversations that y'all niggas really think you have the the capacity <laughs> to handle. You don't. And it's okay if you don't, but what you fail to realize is that when you put it out there, you put it out there for public consumption. So I don't have a problem telling you that, Jabria, you're not smart. I, it's, it's one of those things where it's like, and as far as like, A, social media, especially Twitter, has a character limit. Things that have character limits are not the place for nuance. Those two things can't go together. But also, oftentimes when you, people, people play that victim card where it's like, you're attacking me for having an opinion. No, I'm, I'm asking you to defend your opinion because there's a lot of holes in your said opinion and things that don't make sense. I'm not attacking you. Um, I'm having a conversation and or debating with you and using logic while you don't have any. That's not, that's not the same thing, right? Like a- attacking someone over opinion will be like me in your mentions because you say that like chocolate's disgusting, right? That's, your, that's, that's literally an opinion. Like I can't get mad at you for not liking chocolate. Whatever. When you say some shit like the earth is flat, no, nigga, that's, a, that's not an opinion. You're just wrong. There's a difference, right? So, and also, a lot of you niggas also have, again, I know what the problems are. And I, and I say that with a lot of things, not just with, 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 with rape culture and, 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 the, and that entire conduct thing, but a lot of things like how black people are trying to get ahead in America, um, racism, Sexes. A lot of you niggas know we know the problems, but I need to know solutions at this point because a, a lot of it is just echo chambers of, of niggas complaining. I don't need to hear that at this point because we know what you know. What I mean, like we know what the problems are. We very much can see it. What are the solutions? Talk to me about that. And if you can't talk to me about that, we don't need to continue to the same thing. As far as like, I know what's wrong, right? And so bringing it back to them, bringing it back to Orange. So, so again, shout out to them for they heard that there was a problem. And they are actively trying to come up with a solution, right? It may not be the solution everyone feels like is appropriate, but I'd rather you do something and that, rather than do nothing when you know it's, you need to do something. Does that make sense? Yeah. The other part about it is I thought about it. I absolutely thought about it. I said, now, Alex, and because I'm, I'm absolutely a shit starter. How would this get along in Cincinnati? How would this theory come down 71 and (laughs) how would this theory come down 71 and be applied at some of our local spots? The problem here, ladies and gentlemen, is that when it comes to being accountable for how creepy some of these Cincinnati ass niggas are, it means that you would have to answer the call that comes from inside the house. And I'm not trying to be deliberately antagonizing, but as somebody who also knows what it feels like to have men speak on you and what comes out of their mouth not be true and violate you and, and, and what it feels like to be inappropriately handled in whatever direction that is. It's just like, dog, there's way too many of y'all that are getting away with murder simply because 
the culture between Cincinnati and Columbus is just different. It, it's just different. And I fear the day that that kind of, you know what? Actually, I don't even fear the day. I really can't wait for the bitches in the city to get fed up and get tired. But it, it, I hate the fact that we live in a city that the moment that you tell a popular person or somebody who thinks they got enough clout or money or they, they can make the party rock or whatever the case may be, like, I hate the fact that that outweighs right or wrong here sometimes because I've seen it happen. And it's like, bro, y'all want women to come to your parties and functions and you don't make it safe for them to be in there. And then when they tell you that something is wrong, you shame her about it. Like, bro, I don't want to always come outside and feel like I got to have my guards on 10. Like, that gets exhausting. Like, for real, as a woman, like, like nine times out of 10, I, like, if I choose to sit in the house, it's honestly because I don't want to have to always be, like, head on a swivel. Sometimes I just want to have a good time. And motherfuckers will make that difficult for you because your good time is not their good time and they don't know how to leave your ass alone. I don't want to get hit on every time I walk outside the house. I actually, getting hit on makes me very uncomfortable. It does. Because the intentions behind it are never innocent. I can honestly, on one hand, I've, of the couple of times that, I've, that men approach me, there's only a handful that are actually like appropriate or of substance. Or something that's just like, huh, I can, okay, I can respect that. Nine times out of ten, the men that I, that I entertain, especially nowadays, like, we've been, already had, like, exchange social media. Or we've already been semi-familiar with each other. It's very rare that I'll meet, like, a quote-unquote stranger man. His approach is correct, and I take it further. Nine times out of ten, I'll be ignoring the fuck out of y'all. Simply because your approach with me is always wrong. Always. It's either derogatory or you're talking about me from underneath my clothes or you, 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 you're over, you're being way too sexually aggressive. It's a lot to take in. And I understand that the environment and the time and the place and liquor's flowing. So motherfuckers are a lot more loose out the mouth than they probably should be. And I know that I, I know exactly who I am. I know exactly what I put out into the world. So some people feel like you can try me in that manner. You can't. But like, it's just, it gets exhausting to always feel like as a woman. I, I saw this on, actually on Twitter, shout out to Bandis. But she said, you know, I would love to be feminine and soft, but I have to spend too much time protecting myself. And you can't have both. You can't ask me to be, to be my sensitive and soft feminine self and not provide an environment that makes me feel safe enough to let that wall down. Because that's all it is. I am dating a man right now who does that for me. It's wonderful. It is absolutely wonderful. It's, it's beautiful, actually. I enjoy the fact that I, talk, I, I can talk to him about anything. Anything. Underneath the sun. And he taps in with me and my girlfriend's like him. And, like, my actually, like, beloved enjoys him a lot. So... I still don't like the nigga and I don't know him, so that's fine. You know what? Stop. Which is why y'all will never meet none of my new boyfriends. That's fine. That is perfectly okay. Probably not. Probably not. Y'all when, prob- I, when I tell you that is perfectly fine. No, I'm okay with y'all not meeting my boyfriends. At this point, and, uh, and it's not even because of y'all. It's honestly my fault. Like, I did this, right? So, and because I had y'all sitting up underneath some losers. Now, I didn't know they were losers at the time, but they definitely some fucking lames. So, that's all. Never mind. 
Please don't. I don't. I, I, don't, I, I, I stopped myself. I don't, I don't need a 30 minute rant about Snapchat cookies, Calvin. I, I stopped my, stop myself. I All I'm it. saying is, is that sometimes you did know they were losers. You just hope they change. No, sometimes I was just like, damn, is this a red flag or six flags? Like, I don't. <laughs> Motherfucker want to go to carnival so goddamn so bad. So bad. Like, bro, I want, like, Alex, if you want to go to Astro World, just say that. But just <laughs> like only place that nigga took you was for granted. Like Ooh! <laughs> <laughs> that one hurt. <laughs> that one hurt. Woo! Ooh, Calvin. Ooh. <laughs> you hit me right in the chest with that one. <laughs> well, I'm gonna, next topic, bro. So <laughs> what well, we what well, we learned. Stop playing with me. Anyway. Um Ooh. so literally. So, we got to stop playing me. Anyway. Uh, um, <laughs> the only place that man took you was for granted. Hey, bro, fuck you. <laughs> hey, bro, fuck you. <laughs> but did I lie? <laughs> Leave me alone, Calvin. Anyway, so shout out to them. I mean, they they had a very, you know, Orange Soda, you know, shout out to them niggas, but they don't, have, they don't believe in having parties that have ventilation. <laughs> you, you go in there, it's house party season. Expect to sweat. Expect to, you know what I mean. Expect to need a shower. Point, at this point, I don't even go to orange soda and heels anymore. And you could tell you, and you could kind of tell who this may be their first or second orange sodas versus who who veterans because of how they show up. You you see the shorties in like nice dresses, and you're like, ooh baby, ooh baby, this is you new here, huh? It's okay, it's okay. And heels like you're gonna regret them heels by like 40 minutes in. And you know, um, as a high heel wearing ass bitch, for me to be like, all right, I'm gonna leave the sneakers at home. This is a porty porty. Okay. And to be honest with you, you it made me feel ridiculous for wearing heels the time that I did, the couple times that I did, because I was like, oh, this is hella unnecessary. But hella, I, hella unnecessary. And it's but not you- even like I was doing it to impress y'all because y'all know how I dress. I get dressed for me. But like on some cool shit, I was just like. Oh yeah, no, nah, I'm not doing that. I'm not. It's, you know what I mean? It's, it, it's so there is such a thing as being overdressed, right? And like unnecessarily overdressed. But back to the thing, you know what I'm saying? So shout out to them, you know what I'm saying? There is a DJ conversation that I'm not qualified to have because I'm not DJ. I would love for one of our DJ friends who listen to this podcast to come on so we could talk about it with them because that is something that I feel like we need a guest for. But you know what? We can absolutely stick a pin in the DJ conversation. However, you know what I'm saying? I, the I'm, only I, thing I am gonna say is this: Kendano Tacos is not slap enough for y'all to have. For, nigga, like it's not uh, it's not necessary at all for Kendano's to have a DJ. Matter of fact, what what restaurant would you if what restaurant if they had a DJ? You'd be like, I understand it. What restaurant would you be like? I can see y'all niggas being a DJ. Our pizza. <laughs> right, shout out to Marlon. Shout out you, to Marlon. You understand the assignment, Marlon? We we, Marlon. we, 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 didn't, we didn't gave you your marching orders, Marlon. Baby, I will keep bullying you into this, okay? Like listen. it's funny because like when that news hit, I just I just added Marlon. I was like, you understand the assignment, and like ten niggas retweeted. Was like, so what you about to do? <laughs> but shout out, shout out to Marlon. Shout out, to, you know, what I'm saying shout out to all of that. Um, so it was a super hot, but it was a, it was a good time. Good, clean, wholesome, fun. Shout out to the DJ. Shout out to Burn. Shout out to Don't Fred. Shout out to uh, Trey and Double O. 
You know what I'm saying? The DJs hold it down. And so then Saturday comes, and I go to the white party. You know what I'm saying? I, you know, one of the plans is like, I'm already going to be up here for Orange Soda. Let's just make a weekend out of it. Um, I go to the white party, and we had a good time. And so, and so Beloved, was also, Beloved was also in Columbus, and we didn't plan on us being in Columbus at the same time until like, we talked about our plans for the weekend. So we was like, oh, you'll be in Columbus too. So we, so tell me, and shout out to Beloved, I'm going to tell you how I handle this situation, and you tell me if I handle this correctly. I'm listening. So, again, like, our, the plan was, you know, to have, you know, have a room together, whatever, but we had, we had our individual plans that Columbus already set. You feel me? As far as, like, what we were doing, what we were in Columbus for. She was, you know, she had a, a birthday party and a, and a housewarming to go to. I had the white party, whatever, whatever. So, as the white party is winding down, she's asked, you know, we're asking for plans and everything like that. You know what I'm saying? So, I, I got the address for the housewarming if I wanted to go. But the people I'm with are, you know, they're talking about going to our bar. And, I'll, you know, our bar closed at midnight because y'all niggas of Columbus can't stop shooting niggas. So I'm like, if I'm going to go to our bar, it's going to be, I can't, it's going to be now versus like trying to wait for later. So I tell her, you know what I'm saying? I tell her my plans. And so initially she said, yeah, you know what I'm saying? Cool, cool, cool. But then she turns around and says like, says this. And like, I have to tell you this. I don't like it, but you can, but you can go. I sincerely want you to go. I just don't like it. Now, a nigga like me here, I don't like it. And then everything else becomes secondary, right? Okay. Because it's like, and, and, and like, she's trying to like tell me that she, you know, how sometimes women say, sometimes some women say have fun and they mean everything but have fun. And sometimes women say and actually mean it. Right. Beloved is generally towards the latter, right? Like, I, she, it, we wouldn't be where we were if I believe she didn't mean what she said and say what she mean. But she also said, I don't like it. So immediately in my head, I'm like, nope, mm, 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 this is it's a setup, nigga. Nope, don't do it. I got to lay eyes on you. And, she, and she's trying to, like, convince me that she, she don't need me to lay eyes on her. But I'm like, no, nigga, no, mm, 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 I'm on my way. Don't worry about it. I'm, I'm dropping off the homie now, nigga. I'm on the way. And she's like, you know how she, she, you know how she gets sometimes like, sir, like, you, you know, I'm like, no, nigga, you stop playing with me. Because you're telling me you don't like something, or you're telling me to go ahead and continue doing the thing you just told me you don't like. Nah, nigga, I ain't going. Like, I, I, no, you may be, I need to look at you. I need to see you face to face before I believe anything about go, but I don't like it. Was I tripping when I said, nah, I'm going to pull up on you? Honestly, that's some energy, to be honest with you. Because if I told my nigga, Straight up, I'm not feeling it, but you got it. It depends on how I said it. Because, and it depends. I'm going to be honest. It depends. Because if you would have picked up the phone and called me or FaceTimed me and like you would have heard my voice or saw my face or something like that, and then you would have been able to play a good gauge. Now, you get kudos points for like dropping what the fuck he was doing and physically pulling down. Like, I give that to you. But honestly, I can tell my nigga it's not my favorite thing in the world, but I'm not going to stop you. I'm not trying to put you between a rock and a hard place, but at the same time, this is where my head, this was, all right. So when I, when I do shit like that, this is where I'm getting at. I'm a, it's a choose your own adventure book, which means that this is what my preference is, but I honestly don't care, right? If I tell my guy, hey, um, this is how I imagine the rest of our evening going. If I tell you I don't care, I'm saying do what you want to do, but consider me in that action, if that makes sense. 
Like, mm-hmm. I'm not telling you not to go. Absolutely, go have a ball. Go catch up with your niggas. We are allowed to have our different and separate lives. However, that doesn't mean be out all night. Because you know that this wasn't my first pick anyway. But I don't want to be the party pooper. I don't want to be the Debbie Downer-ass girlfriend. You know what I'm saying? And me per- uh, obviously personally knowing, you know what I'm saying, Beloved and her being one of my, my good friends, I know that she operates with the same principles. Hey, my nigga, I'm not going to stop you from having a good time. No, this isn't necessarily how I saw our evening going. but Enjoy yourself, but bring your ass home. That's that's how I would have taken that, because that's pretty much how I would have meant it. Also, uh, because it was like, so as a man, you gotta understand, right? Like, we talk all we talk a lot about all the things that niggas do that get on your nerves. But you also understand, I come from an era of where that seemed that seemed like a trap, bro. It seemed like an absolute trap. And I wasn't going, so I'm like, mm. and I and I called her when I when I dropped homie off. I was like, I'm on, I'm on the way, like, cause I'm like, yeah, cause like, I, I you need to see me, and you did, and you need to, and I need to see you. You need to feel me, and I need to feel you before I can feel comfortable doing anything else. I'm going to do that night, because the worst thing in my head was if I take you at face value and and go, and then I come back and. And now we're dealing with some, you know, a different level of energy than what we would have been like if I, I pulled up on you first. You feel what I'm saying? Like, I'd rather, my whole thing was like, I'd rather pull up on you now, check your temperature. You know, maybe, you know, maybe you just wanted me to see, you know, some of the people that you, you know, had the house warmer with. And then it maybe had, had, you know what I'm saying? Everything in Columbus is 20 minutes away from everything else in Columbus, right? right. So it's not like, so it's not like I'm going super out my way here, but it's like, Nah, let me check in on you. <laughs> like, nah, like, nah, let me check in. Let me, let me, let me tap in. So that, so we did that. How the housewarming? Um, tell me about the time you played spades with a trash ass spades partner. Oh, I don't. So, tag me in. So I'm here. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm still in my all white, which I'm so self conscious on getting a stain on. I'm in my all white, and, and. And I see, I see niggas talking shit on the space table. Mind you, I don't know these niggas, so I'm immediately not trying to play for real, for real, because I don't know these niggas. I play spades with the niggas I know, because I need to be able to know what type of bullshit you about to do. I mean, yes. But, nigga, you know, it, it, it felt like real alpha energy where niggas just wanted, you know, the, the, nigga, the new nigga was like, let's see, let's see what he got. So they basically, like, not forced, because I'm a grown man, but it's like, Offer the space table to me in a way I'm like, if I don't, if I don't, if I don't sit on this table, they they go, they go fix the type of way. And I can't, you know what I'm saying? I can't embarrass beloved by not by by running away from smoke. Cool. So I'm on a space table, and you know what's bad when you get a text message beforehand talking about like, he's a trash partner. I need you to play smart. Literally beforehand, he's like, he's a, and I'm like, we play one hand. I'm like, oh, you, 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 you know the basics, but you do not know how to play. So here's the thing. And I know we got it. All right. <laughs> the devil don't need no advocacy because he a grown ass man. But hear me out. OK. The best way that you learn spades is by playing spades. There is I, no other I, way I to agree. learn. However, 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 we cannot keep spade shaming our fellow blacks that don't know how to play and then we tell them they don't know how to play we shame them for not playing and ain't nobody willing to teach the nigga how, how to fucking play 
Because I'm be honest with you. I didn't start out. Listen, I learned how to play from my grandmother and my mother. They were cutting my ass out the gate. They didn't care. My first bullies I shared blood with. They didn't give a fuck about none of that soft ass shit I try to be on. None of it. So I counter your I I counter your counter, madam. So cool. Okay, you don't know how to know, you don't know how to know you don't really know how to play space, right? Cool. And yes, there'll be a little bit of shit talking from you not knowing at and mind you, all these niggas was older than me. So there'll be a little bit of shit talking at your big age you not knowing. However, if you just say like I'm still new to it. Niggas will have a little more leniency than if you come in talking big boy shit and you clearly don't know what the fuck you're doing. Don't, if, you, if you are an amateur or you are a novice on the space table, it's okay, but don't come in talking big shit like you the nigga, because you're not. And that's what my partner was doing. He was talking big shit like he was big spades nigga, and he didn't know what the fuck was going on. So here's the thing. The two niggas that so so my space partner had been on the table all night. He had swapped partners each time. The first partner apparently was also garbage, so they got work. Second partner was an old black lady who knew what the fuck he was doing. So they, you know what I'm saying? They won. I was the tiebreaker for the rest of the game. The two people we were playing against, you had you had one nigga who's like probably like late 30s who at this point in the cookout is drunk off his ass. Like, I say that respectfully, but I'm talking about, like, he's losing the fight against alcohol and gravity. Oof. But he talking big boy shit. And then you have the other nigga who are older nigga. He like 60-something. This man is a serial underbitter. He is a liar. One of them. He's one of them. He is a liar. You know how I know he's a liar? First, first hand we play, hand, you know, the hand that bid itself, or the first hand we bid, the nigga says he has two books. Two! And, we're, and now we're not even playing with jokers. We're playing ace high, right? We're playing right. ace high. Because, you know, they talk shit. I was like, nigga, how y'all play? Y'all play joker, joker? Dude's like, joker? I'm like, nigga, it's a valid oh, question. Oh, no. I would have got up right there. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. Uh, in my head, I'm like, what type of Neanderthals are you niggas to not play with a goddamn Joker? I also but- don't like playing with people who cut, who who lead with spades. First book should not be a spade. Oh, they, did, they, did, they didn't lead with spades. At least not during the time I played. They didn't lead with spades. So, because I also feel like, no, nigga, don't lead with spades, you fucking bastard. Uh, <laughs> but this nigga bit, this nigga bit said he had two books. This nigga had Four spades, including the ace of spades. In in a couple of, he won four books in bit two. So I'm like, oh you a, oh you a bullshit ass nigga. And the problem with the problem with my partner was, and they know they was underbidding. The problem with my partner was every time that nigga underbid, my partner automatically assumed that he had the other books. No nigga, bid your hand. Don't bid the fact that he got two or almost that. No nigga, bid your hand. And that, so, so conversely, my partner didn't know how to bid because he kept that, that nigga's possibles was not possible. Mm-hmm. So me being the nigga that I am and they trying to gas my partner up like, oh, you got six nigga bid seven. I was like, no, we're going six. I don't give a fuck. I was like, I, I literally said, I don't give a fuck what he says. We're going this. We don't trust this nigga over here. No, not a single solitary bit. Nigga, I don't give a fuck what he says. We going this. We going whatever, whatever. 
books he said he had, I I, I subtracted by two and mm-hmm. bid back. You know what I'm saying? So then we played the first couple games, and I want to tell you the satisfying story. Mm-hmm. So we're playing games, and I'm you know what I'm saying I'm I, I'm leading because I have like a couple different aces, so I'm leading with all my aces. Boom, boom, boom. Get them out the way. Earn the books. Because also, what this nigga didn't realize was, nigga, these these are the type of space players. They save all their big shit for the end. You feel what I'm saying? So they they try to they try to sandbag you and let you get whatever a little early shit you think you're about to get, mm. and then cut your bigger shit at the end with like bow, 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 bow. He didn't pick up on that. So again, nigga, play win your books now. Anyway, so we playing, and so we winning the first couple books. You know what I'm saying? Because I'm 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 winning the books. And I play, and we're on hearts. And we're like maybe we're like four books in. We're on hearts. So I win. So we, you know, we I play a heart. Under bitter played a heart. My partner played a heart. And dude plays a diamond. Drunk dude plays a diamond. When I tell you, me and the under bitter immediately locked eyes, and he oh. knew, and he knew that I knew that he fucked up. But here's the thing, right? And for those who hearts let, and if you don't, and that nigga clearly had some space because the way he was talking shit, right. hearts led, and I and our team was winning because I had the biggest heart. Aw, you had the biggest heart, Calvin. <laughs> I don't like you. Not a single solitary bit. You got me spilling my Jameson with your corny ass. Jameson. You know, I do want a bottle of wine. Anyway, so I was winning the hand. So if, and he threw it and he threw off. I'm like, nigga, if you don't have any any hearts, that's the perfect time to cut me, right? Because otherwise, we got that book. But nigga threw a diamond. I immediately looked at the partner and you know, you ever have like a telepathic conversation with a nigga? Without saying no words, I immediately looked at this nigga and I was like, "You know you, you fucked better, up. You know you fucked up. You know you fucked up." I was, and, and, and I just looked at him and it was like, "He better not play another motherfucker hard this entire game, or I'm gonna get him." And his partner would just look with the I eat ass face, oh, like, "Oh my god!" So I win that book. We play another book. They win that shit. And then I think because I, I I think I wanted to call the bluff. I think we play hearts again. That nigga plays a heart. I immediately was like, you re-niggin' bastard. And like, and the partner, the underbitter, just like, yeah, nigga, he got you. Like, yeah, oh, nigga. God. And, and then and the, the drug nigga's like, call the book. If you, go, if you go say I'm a re-nigga, call the book. Call the book. I was like, nigga, that one right there. <laughs> he, they pulled it up. I was like, you played that seven, didn't you? Yeah, nigga, shut the fuck up. Oh, my I, God. <laughs> I win, you lose. Game over. Get me off this trash nigga table. Appreciate you. <laughs> Goodbye. So, so, so when I tell you I hit all the infinity stones of blackness. Oh my I god! Went, I went to a I went to a, a basement style house party. I went to an all white party. I beat niggas ass on space table. I refed a church kickball game, and mm-hmm. you know when you the ref of anything competitive, everybody on both sides hate you. So I refed the church, and then I went went to cookout to went to. Dating to have a cookout with beloved's family and they neighbors. All I am Thanos. I am the I am nigga Thanos. I have all six infinity stones. I am inevitable. That is how my weekend went. 
you know what? I'm happy. It sounded like you had a good old black ass time. And I like seeing black people be happy. Genuinely, like black joy fills my heart. For real, for real. You ready to chop the stable friend? Yeah, we about an hour in. <laughs> we about 45 Finally. minutes in. Finally. Okay, would you like to discuss the sports first? Yes. So are we're going to discuss the college sports first, and then we're going to discuss the Olympics. Okay? Well, and then, yeah, Rachel Five Cent, because she got me a little fucked up. So, in this episode of Calvin Explains Sports, we're going to first start off with college athletics. So, for the longest time, the college athletes were were told they couldn't make money besides their scholarship playing college sports under the guise of amateurism. Basically saying you got to play for the love of the game Mm -hmm. because if you don't play for the love of the game, it means you're a professional and that means you, you know what I mean? Whatever. So, over the last like several years, there have been lawsuits and civil cases put in place to to um, challenge that because it, 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 it's anti, it feels like an antitrust violation. Because, for example, if you're in school and you make a huge hit record, you can get money off that. Megan Thee Stallion. Megan Thee Stallion's in school, right? She, ain't no one stopping her from making millions and millions of dollars off her music because she's still a student. Right. But if someone wants to sign an athlete to, a, to, a, to an endorsement deal, he or she can't do that because we're technically still in the school. The, the rules weren't adding up. So, Ed o, the Ed O'Bannon case, um, where, which prevented uh, college sports from making more video games because they were doing the, la- the name and likeness of these athletes without paying them. Right. And so then there's a recent Supreme Court case where the NCAA and the other t- party Went to the Supreme Court because about like it was called educational benefits, and 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 the NCAA said they couldn't provide so many educational benefits, only so many educational benefits under the guise amateurism, because otherwise it wouldn't be fair to the rest of the students if athletes got more than everyone else. You know how divided our country is. Right. You know how divided our Supreme Court is. So when I tell you that it was a unanimous 9-0 vote against the NCAA, let's just tell you something. Right. The NCAA made everybody agree that y'all did some bullshit. Right. So, and, and also, coming up starting July 1st, several states have put into places like California, Ohio, even though Ohio, Republican lawmakers tried to add a, a very nasty anti-trans bill in it so that the, the governor had to do it by executive order instead of an actual bill. But several states, California, Ohio, Florida, a couple others, passed name, image, and likeness laws, which in lamest terms allow college students to not necessarily get paid directly by the school, but to get paid using their name, image, and likeness. Pretty mm-hmm. much, if, if they wanted to sign autographs and get some money for it, they could. They wanted to host a camp and get some money for it. They could. If they wanted to sign an endorsement deal, they could. Right. And so the NCAA realizing that if they didn't do anything, that it was going to have an unfair advantage for the, the schools in those seven states where them niggas can make money and the other niggas can't, put in place where pretty much said, like, hey, niggas, make some money. Everybody can make money off their name, image, and likeness. 
if your if your state has a policy, go by what the state says. If your state doesn't have a policy, go by what your school says. And so now, every athlete from from football, basketball, gymnastics, whatever the case may be, can make money using their name, image, or likeness. So they could, if they if if a nigga who played for Ohio State want to sign a deal with Canes, he could. Okay. And, and so the reason why this is important to the everyday person is because it allows people to get paid for their actual work. So if you if you got you know. Five million, you know, followers on Instagram. You can get paid off that shit. Simone Biles, when she was in school, could get paid. Could get paid now for being the best gymnast in the history of gymnasts, right? Or someone like Reggie Bush or the Fab Five, who got their stuff taken away because they accepted impermissible benefits, would wouldn't necessarily be against the rules now because they'd be paying for their name, image, and life. So it really allows a system that has made billions of dollars exploiting black and brown people, young black and brown people, without paying them. It allows the, it allows the workers to get some of that money back. You know, it's kind of like instead of paying doctors, we tell them that they have to do surgery for the love of surgery. You know what I'm saying? Shit don't make no sense. I agree. I think that especially when you have college students who are literally starving and when you think about a, a, a student athlete's schedule, when you think about how demanding that is, they think about your average college student, like just me going like a college student going to UC and how honestly how fucking broke college students actually are and how much when it comes to assistance and even government help, if they were to say, hey, I'm a college student. I need some assistance going to college. They a lot of college students don't even don't even qualify for public welfare. So when they say broke college students, they mean that shit. So the fact that they could be making these colleges billions of dollars with their athletic programs and be starving is ridiculous. Let these students do what the fuck they have to do because they cannot go get a traditional job. They cannot have a work study. They don't have time for it. So and exactly and and I think. People like Shabazz Napier admitted while he was on stage after winning the national championship that he would go to sleep hungry some nights because he couldn't afford to eat. Because by the time he was done with, because you understand, like, for those who understand, like, those students, they have to have, like, a certain amount of credit hours in order to stay eligible. Have to have a certain grade point average in order to stay eligible. Then they also have, like, 20 practice hours a week film study, training sessions, you know, treatment sessions, all that shit. He was like, by the time I did all that, all the cafeterias were closed and I didn't right. have no money to go to go somewhere to get some food. So I just ate sleep. And so now those type of students, especially someone like Shabazz Nabier was like a star in college right. where they can, they can bring in enough money to feed themselves and help their family. That is important. Um, and it really helps really bridge that gap and, and helps Give those people, you know, something for the amount of time that we're paying that we're paying them for. You know what I'm saying? So I'm here for that 100. percent And I think everyone who follows sports or even follows, you know, the, the you know the Olympics or anything college sports related should be happy for. Um, second thing on Calvin explains the sports, and we'll go to the Rachel Nichols thing because I feel like you have a lot more to say about the Shakari Richardson thing. So Rachel Nichols, um, white woman um, extraordinaire. 
is is a sideline reporter and host for ESPN's NBA coverage. Right. Maria Taylor is also a sideline reporter host for ESPN. She does football, basketball, and she's fine as hell. Black woman. So remember Fine as a motherfucker, okay? Respectfully. Um remember remember the bubble last year? Yes. NBA bubble. So all of the media also had to be kind of sequestered in their rooms and quarantined because they were be interacting with the players. And so they had video feeds set up in each of these hotel rooms in order for the, for the media personalities to be able to still do their media appearances while in quarantine, right? So apparently, Rachel Nichols didn't know that our video feed was still recording, right? So you know like hot mic moments where like you didn't know the mic was still on, so mm-hmm. you said something? This was like the pandemic version of that. And in that conversation with um, a white man who was actually, I think, he, he was part of LeBron's camp. Um, she's venting, right? She's venting about how right. she feels like she got pushed out of doing finals coverage in favor of Maria Taylor. So he chose Maria Taylor to be like the host of the NBA countdown finals coverage, which is a really prestigious position, right? For, in the company, right? They feel like they put, he, they picked Maria over her because of a, because of a diversity. Like they felt like it was, she felt like it was a diversity pressure thing because ESPN was getting pressure from outside forces to be more diverse in their representation. Okay. Okay. And so, and so then she, again, she didn't know that that was, you know, being recorded, but a staffer from ESPN recorded it and started sending it around, you know what I'm saying? Like on, on some slander shit. It got back to Maria. Obviously, Maria felt some type of way. She should because, have. She should have dog walked her if we being honest, but that's just how I solve problems. You also don't work for a multi-billion dollar company. Not yet. Actually, I do. Go ahead. Um, you're not the you on TV. Listen, if I, you mean, on TV, not, I mean, I'm not. I mean, I'm not. If you on TV, TV, let me uh, If you on TV, let me know, baby. You I know mean, what I'm saying? I won't say multi-billion dollar company, but I work with a company that is actually highly reputable. And to be honest with you, you do have to, that was literally the first freaking 30 minutes of this podcast is me saying, I got to watch my goddamn mouth. Now, if me, a basic bitch from, excuse me, not basic, broke bitch from Cincinnati, Ohio, has to watch her goddamn mouth, everybody the fuck else does too. So, so that obviously, that caused tension, obviously, between, between Rachel and the rest of me, it was a huge fallout, right? And the fallout came especially because when they decided not to initially punish or reprimand Rachel for her comments, and the only person they initially punished was a black woman who sent a video to Maria. They, they suspended her for two weeks and then gave her, like, shitty tasks after job. So I say that to say, recently, as in within the last 12 hours, Rachel has been pulled from sideline reporting the finals and replaced with a black woman, Malika Andrews. Shout out to that. Um, she had an absolutely god awful apology. Terrible. Where, like the apology, and I, you know who I feel bad for. In that apology, who? A Maria Taylor, right? Because I, again, I Maria Taylor, this is like her contract's coming up. 
and there there were leaks that they were far apart in contracts. So you know that type of shit. And then because that ESPN knew this story was coming out, so if Maria Taylor didn't come back to ESPN, they wanted to paint it as she was being unreasonable in her money demands. Not that y'all out here picking this white woman over her and not really supporting Maria. Um, but I feel bad for in that announcement, in that apology. I feel bad for the two black men ESPN forced to kind of be alongside Rachel to kind of carry Rachel's water as as an as like the the the, the nigga shield. You know what I mean? Like if 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 you wanted to the apology to actually mean something, Rachel should have stood out there on her own and stood the heat and said it with her chest and apologized. Not her saying thirty seconds of it and then you point then you try to pass it off to the two black men and say the the the, the more substantial apology for her like i i i ain't like that and i felt bad because i know that um they they were put in a tough position because if you press rachel nichols on national tv you you probably are going to lose your job probably but if you don't it looks like you're not supporting maria so i feel bad for that you know i'll be honest and you're absolutely right espn should have made um mrs five cent walk that out by her goddamn self um the problem is that we knew that that wasn't going to happen because that's a white woman. Let, let's be clear. Let's be clear. And it's not me trying to throw shade. It's not me trying to, um, you know, oh my God, let me but finish no, my thought. Let me finish yeah. my thought. It's not me trying to like try to make it seem like make this about, oh, white woman in their tears. But this is exactly what that is. And we're watching it like we're watching that play out. White tears are coming to save the day. And, and no, we know for a fact that Mrs. Miss Miss Five Cent is not going to get the full repercussions that she should have got because the bitch still has a job. And, uh, not, and also, no, she's no, related she, to I Diane get, Sawyer. I was I was getting there. I was getting there. So you're also related to Diane Sawyer, who is absolutely media royalty. I love Diane Sawyer. Her interviews are groundbreaking. Okay, as somebody who studied Diane Sawyer, you can't mention journalism and not talk about Diane Sawyer. There's no way. So no, absolutely not. I'm pretty sure Miss Diane came out. Of, she said, "Listen, hold my wig, y'all. Put give me my good shoes, and let me go ahead and white and kiss and, and pick up niece's mess." Okay, I'm pretty sure there was a long extended phone call from Miss Sawyer from to Miss Miss Five Cent's office to discuss this. I'm sure. I am positive. Okay, but. We knew that. And it, it, I can't say, disappointed, not surprised. And it's not me trying to sit here and be like, oh, freaking, there go white women, white women. And again, that, it's not the, I mean, it is, but it's not what I'm trying to say here. It's about the fact that even if there's a, an ounce or a hint or an, an, the resemblance of accountability here, it's not what it should have been because had the roles been reversed, Shorty would have lost her job, got sued. Like, let, uh, let, let Maria have said this about uh, Miss Nichols. Let that have been the case. You know what I'm saying? We would be, this would be a totally different narrative, and we all know that. So I honestly, get this, I, I honestly get tired of the consolation prizes when it comes to accountability and showing up for Black people. A couple things, and then we'll move forward. One, it's fucked up that Maria Taylor has become the victim here because the beef isn't even Rachel versus Maria. It's Rachel versus ESPN because ESPN ha- like ha- has a culture here that they feel like only one woman 
could be at the top at a time. And that's not, and that's not, you know what I'm saying? That's not necessarily fair either. Cause like it, it shouldn't, it shouldn't be like a zero sum game of only one woman can be at the pinnacle of your coverage at, at the time. That's the, that's the first thing is like Maria Taylor was minding her goddamn business and, right. got, and, and got, and got pulled in because of a, a beef that Rachel has with ESPN. Like Rachel's beef is not with, it's with ESPN. And that's the other part, right? Here we are again, minding our fucking business. Maria was doing her job, minding her business, and looking absolutely stunning while she did it. And here go this girl. This, this like, bro, it. How do I say this? What pisses me off about it is that she got. Okay. I hate that. I'm glad that we're here. I hate how we got here, if that makes sense. Because now, and also it pushes and feeds into the narrative that there can only be one woman sitting on a stage along all these male anchors. There can only be one black woman. Now we have two black women. And no, they're probably uh, outside of Maria welcoming Malika. Aside from that, I, are they going to share a screen again? Are they going to be able to spar like we see Charles Barkley and old ass Shaquille O'Neal doing on air? No. Because the moment that we have two women sitting on, on stage having opposing thoughts and, and sharing that those opposing thoughts or having a, a friendly sparring match, and you're, we're going to turn that into some catty girl shit instead of what it is. People of like minds exchanging wit and being intelligent about it. They don't give women the platform to do that without turning it into fucking bad girls club. As if that's what it's reducive. It's reductive as fuck. Like we can disagree with each other and not trade insults. But you know what's funny? They never judge men like that. So again, misogyny is going to win every time. Anyway, I don't even watch sports. So like, I don't even watch sports. You, 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 You never fail to remind us, my dear. At all, bro. What season is it? Football? I don't know. It's tra- it's Olympic season. That's what season it is. And um, you know what? Perfect fucking segue. Tag me in, Calvin. All right. I'm going to let you go off, and then I'm going to actually add the context. I Please. I'm going to let you go off first. Because you're going to add the sense. I'm going to have the non. Okay? Shikari Richardson qualified for the Olympics by smoking literally and figuratively her competition okay our niece hit the blunt moments before her race after finding out from media reporters that her mother had died okay she hit a blunt trying to calm her nerves in order to get out there and perform so all those videos now without knowing that right because when she qualified, the, really the first video that we saw was our niece collapsing into her grandmother's arms. Now, when you add all the pieces to the puzzle together, that makes so the entire, we're thinking she's celebrating this huge accomplishment. Yes, but she's also devastated because her mother was not here to watch it. Okay? So she's grieving. She's excited. She's exhausted. Like, imagine the range of emotions that that girl is going through. You were lucky that she's not literally having to have her arms strapped to herself because she's lost her goddamn mind. Okay? Couple stops on this fuck you train, okay? Or, you know, before I get there, Calvin, go ahead and add some context. Okay. (laughs) So, Shikari Richardson, Shikari, Shikari Richardson, I got to make sure I say her name correctly. Um, from Texas. Um, she initially went viral at LSU. Um, she is the fastest woman in the country. 
Like, I don't, I'm not saying that to be hyper, hyper, hyperbolic. She is. Like, she ran the 100 meters in 10.68 seconds, which was the fastest in the American U.S. qualifying trials. So, and she is a black woman, a black uh, queer woman with, with long orange hair and long nails. You know what I'm saying? So, like, she instantly became a fan favorite among black women because she, she, black women love a woman who, who can talk her shit and back it up. Period. So then, maybe a week or so later, it comes out that she failed a drug test. Now, the initial thought is steroids, right? It was like, damn, she was, she was on steroids. Like, that's crazy. Like, a, a, a legitimate performance-enhancing drug. It then comes out a little bit later that it is for marijuana, can- cannabis, and not steroids. But the Olympics, Olympic drug testing policy is the strongest in the world. Like, it, it is the most strict, it's the most stringent in the world. And I want to say it because, yes, weed is legal in 19 out of 50 U.S. states. Mm-hmm. Weed ain't legal in most of the other countries in America, in most of the other countries in the world. Matter of fact, if they find you a weed in a lot of the countries that will be participating in the Olympics, they treat it like they found you a heroin in America. Like it's yeah. it's it's a legitimate. So you remember um, Futures Fifty Six Nights, where Esco was in a, a Dubai prison for Fifty Six Nights. Yes, that's because they found weed on him. Yes, Dubai don't that, play that shit. You know what I'm saying? Exactly. So that's so add context on why we because I saw some people's like if weed is legal in half the country half the states in America, why? Because weed ain't legal everywhere else, baby. And the Olympics is a international doping testing agency. So they find out, you know what I'm saying, she, she tests positive for weed, and it, car- it carries a month-long suspension. So because of the month-long suspension, she would be ineligible to, 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 to compete in the 100 meters um, because she would still be technically suspended. Um, uh, outpouring of support came in, let's let Shikari run. The hashtag, all of that. For to Shikari's credit, and even I thought she shouldn't have done this. I was like, when I found out she was doing an interview on today, I was like, where's her PR people? Where is because like she, you know what I'm saying? She's clearly still emotional. And I'm not saying that to be like sexist or misogynistic. Like she lost her parent. You know what I mean? Like I, I told my mom all the time, like, nigga, if you ever die before me, they're gonna they're gonna have to get me out of the casket with you. I'm not you know what I'm saying? Same. So I could so I could so I so I say all I have to say. Even in the face of immeasurable grief, like she, she, she did the interview. She, she owned up to her actions. I think, I think honestly, we as a collective were more mad of Shikari, about Shikari's suspension than she was. She, she said, I knew the, you know what I'm saying? I knew, I knew the decision. I knew, I knew what it was. I still did it. And I say that to say, like, imagine the grief that she must have been in where she knows she's going to get tested. She knows the Olympics are every four years. She knows that, like, this is a banned substance. And sh- imagine the grief she's under to still smoke. You know what I mean? Because, of, because she knows what she's giving up, but she needed something to be able to, like, function. So I'm in the middle on this as far as, like, I'm more so worried about her mental well-being more than anything else. Is because, you know what I'm saying? Like, she's still grieving a loss of a parent. And also, she found out through a fucking reporter. Like, she didn't find out, like, a family member didn't call. Like, she was literally doing interviews in the middle of, like... So, we're going to take... Let's pause right there. Let's let's pause right there. 
There needs to be a bigger discussion about how irresponsible reporters are being about how they're delivering fucking news. And there needs to be a huge, like, I'm not going to lie. There, need, there could have been something said about how that reporter tried to psych her out about the fact that how the fuck would you hear? How the fuck would you take it hearing that your mother just died moments before you're about to kick some ass on the court? Like there should have been there. I, 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 honestly, we're not. I don't think it's fair to not factor that part in, especially because that was what triggered her in order to, to, to smoke weed in the first place. She just found her mother died in the most inappropriate way possible. And there are no repercussions for that reporter because of what? There are, I'm sorry, we're finding out that Kobe Bryant, Kobe Bryant's wife found out through TMZ that he died. Not only her husband, but her daughter died through TMZ. There needs to be a huge discussion to talk about how irresponsible these reporters are when in actuality it's a part of their job to be responsible about the way that they deliver information. You are not a gossip blog. Well, TMZ aside, obviously. But these reporters are putting people's lives, like, bro, are you guys not human beings? Or you're not thinking about the impact that you're like as a journalist, you have a responsibility to understand the impact that your words have on the people you are describing and talking about and the stories that you're telling and the mark that you're making on history. Journalists are historians and the stories that they tell are solidified to the end of time. The impact. Come on. These people, bro, they don't stand a chance. She's never going to forget that moment for the rest of her life, ever, because a reporter decided to treat her like a breaking news instead of a human fucking being. That's bullshit. And to be honest with you, if I was Shikari, lucky I'm not Shikari, okay? Because let me tell you what the fuck I'd have done. I probably would have lost my mind. I know for a fact my reaction would have been irresponsibly irrational. And I'm an Aries. That says a lot. So, but the first stop on the fuck you train is again to these irresponsible ass reporters. That's, bro, that's her mom. That's death. That's permanent. That's sensitive. That's private. And you should not be the first. And you know what type of time she on. You were, as, an, as, as a sports reporter, you know the mindset that the, 100% of these athletes are going into right before game time. I ran track. I wasn't good at it, but I ran track. Okay, I I ain't saying nothing. You don't know say you was out here. You was out here causing concussion to yourself. Trying you know to what I'm saying, bro? I, that was before I grew titties, Calvin. Give me give me something. That was way before I grew titties. Okay, but like that was I'm, back when sports bras were still your friend. You know what I'm saying? I could get away with that shit. Not today. Not today. You know what I'm saying? But like do, do a jump at that. Give yourself CTE. You know what, I'm like, what kind of shit is that? So like I, I'm just saying though, like. Y'all, like, there has to be something said about that because you knew better. You're, you're not dealing with people who have been in the game umpteen years. You're not dealing with people, these athletes with these billion-dollar freaking media companies and, 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 and specialists. And you, like you said before, who's her publicist? She probably doesn't have one, Calvin, because we're not there yet. She just got here. She hasn't, uh, this isn't her I've arrived moment. She's striving for it. The second part of the fuck you train, I actually, I got notes. Now, mind you, I want y'all to know, Alex never has notes for this podcast. Ever, ever, ever. That's not true. That's not true. That's not true. I typically take notes on my phone, but y'all pissed me off. Y'all good and pissed me off today. So uh, we got it on paper. All right. 
you niggas who want to sit here and preach about, oh, she knew the rules as y'all have finesse drug tests, get on my fucking nerves. You niggas who want to sit here and talk about she knew the consequences as y'all do the most illegal shit I've ever seen, get on my motherfucking nerves. Also, y'all sat here for summers on end, years on end, protesting these racist ass cops and the bullshit systematic ass system, racist systemic system that we live in. We protested. When the rules are unfair, you protest that. Okay? Y'all want to talk about she knew the rules as if as if as if she went out here trying to be a, a martyr. This was not the, the 1960 Olympics where niggas were holding up their fists in deliberate protest. This was not that. She was not, she was going out here trying to be her best. And the one thing y'all niggas could have done was show some fucking compassion. Y'all decided to scream her name and then shit on her the moment that she needed our support. That's fucked up and it's foul. Because I know a couple of y'all that have finessed drug tests and failed, okay? I know some of y'all who, 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 bro, y'all don't even put your seatbelts on, but you want to talk about follow the rules. Stop it. Some of y'all ain't even got licenses, but you riding around hot than a motherfucker. Talk about you know the rules. I bet you your ass does too. In traffic court, copping please like a motherfucker. Don't, don't get me started. But, and that's the other part about it. We scrutin the scrutiny. The bigger picture about it is the scrutiny that black women are facing in sports for just simply showing up and being excellent is absolutely absurd. Serena Williams is the, the biggest example that comes to mind. Also, we want to talk about Shakari showing up in her wigs and her long nails as if that stopped her from being excellent. It didn't. She showed up as herself and whooped all y'all asses. Shout out to Flojo. Do you know how many times Flojo was drug tested? It was to the point where it was documented that she was undergoing a, the, the scrutiny that she was under was absolutely absurd and discriminatory. You can look that up. Okay. The other, the, you got the U.S. sprinter hurler, Brianna McNeil, five-year ban for tampering, for tampering with doping control simply because she missed the, she was in bed recovering from a, that, from that a procedure. I can add context with that one. That and and I, I I hate to cut you off on the roll. That one that there's more to that than that one. Can I tell you so you can understand the full story? Can I? You can, but I doubt that it's going to change my mind. Simply because might, this this one might. I, I wouldn't bring it up if I didn't feel like it would change your. Story. I'm listening, Calvin. Like you know, because I because I know you. I wouldn't bring it up if I didn't feel like it would change your mind. So shorty that you mentioned, uh, Brianna, what, what what's her name? Brianna McNeil. Right. So. Yes, technically she got the five-year ban because she, because she missed a drug test because she was recovering from an abortion. What that initial article doesn't tell you is that, A, this wasn't her first time missing a drug test. Should the fact she was previously suspended. Five years, that's not, that's not her first. She previously was suspended for a year already for, uh, for, for missing drug tests. Like, so she was, A, previously suspended for missing drug tests, and B, she yes, she had a legitimate reason, but she also changed and changed and doctored the documents that the doctor gave her with like dates and times and shit in order to like match up with the story that she said. So she got in trouble because she doctored hospital documents and she got in trouble for the fact that it was like this wasn't her first or second time missing drug tests to the point where she was already she already had been suspended a year. We're doing this similarly 
um, in previous years. So that, so that's so okay. so so that one. Because I was like, I'm not gonna lie, when I heard it, I was like, five years is harsh, but it doesn't sound. But because because of how racist the Olympics is, if we're being real, bro, like if we're being honest about the Olympics, it's racist as a bitch. So it's always been racist as a bitch. Like, come on, you got stories of Jesse Owens running in front of Hitler. Stop it. So when I heard five years, I was like, yep, it sounds, it sounds about white. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, that's what my initial thought was. But then when you provided context, I do feel that. Sis was trying to finesse the system. However, I'm not going to sit here and say that she's all the way wrong, given the system that she's up against. You gotta, it's, you gotta flick yeah. your, you gotta flick your wrist the same way they flick in there. So no, and I'll be like, okay, it's, it's, all right, since you got caught up, you got caught. You were trying it's, to finesse the system, and you got caught. But I'm not gonna sit here and say that the system was fair to begin with. I'm not. Let's be clear: the Olympics is absolutely get white gatekeeping at its finest. And the moment that black excellence shows up, of course they have to change the goalpost. Of course they do. They every time black people show up, excellent, the goalpost changes. Every single time, specifically when it comes to black women, the rules are never applied the same across the board. So y'all want to sit here and talk about fair and you know the rules, bro. Why y'all, bro, it's no. Of course, of course y'all want to talk about she knows the rules when it comes to a black woman. Because had this been Usain Bolt, we'd have been rioting and protesting in the fucking streets. Let's be clear. But at the same time, when Michael Phelps' feet was to the fire for smoking weed, a lot of people wanted to play that comparison game. Michael Phelps absolutely got held accountable for that. They tried to strip him of all his medals. They ended up giving him back because the drug test came out after he had won yeah. that shit. Yeah, so, that so I hate, here's what I hate. I hate when people be almost right. You know, does that make sense? Like, right. I hate when motherfuckers be like almost there, but then the, like the part that they're not there is so egregious, I can't agree with the rest of it. Because it's like, y'all wanted to, nigga, Michael Phelps, was, I'm like, hey, Y'all realize that, like, when Michael Phelps, it wasn't even a drug test. That it was a, it was a picture of him hitting the ball, right? Which is worse, my nigga. Now I got it on tape. You know what I'm saying? It was a picture of him hitting the ball. Niggas treated Michael Phelps like a crackhead for like several months. I'm not gonna lie, bongs do resemble crack pipes. So I you know what I'm niggas treated niggas treated Michael Phelps like a crackhead for several months. He he lost some of his endorsements. You know what I'm saying? He lost some of his endorsements. And you're right. They tried, they tried to strip him of his medals he won in Beijing, but he was able to prove, like, no, nigga, I passed the drug test after the race. So whatever I was doing on my own time, I was clean during the race. Suck my dick. So, it, so that's why I, was, I hate when people, because people was like, they, you know, when Michael Phelps was smoking weed, y'all didn't give a fuck. No, niggas cared. Like, niggas absolutely gave a fuck, because Michael Phelps was the story of both Olympics that he performed in. Niggas gave a fuck. Um, but I say this to say I say this with um, to Shikari. A, um, like I, I went, I'm in the middle, and so and my main focus isn't even on her running because, like, yes, the Olympics only come once every four years, but Shikari is lucky enough to just be 21, and so it's very it's very much possible, you know, what I'm saying knock on wood for good health, and you know that she that she can have her moment at a later Olympics. Um, if this was like her la- her last opportunity, I would I would feel worse for her. Secondly, I'm more focused. I'm more worried about her mental health than anything else, right? Because again, she's clearly still grieving. She's still grieving the loss of a parent, which that's not that's a pain that no one can really prepare you for. And you know, what I'm saying Nike didn't drop her. 
You know what I'm saying Nike, Nike, Nike actually they were yeah I was just about to say they, Nike released, they, they released a, statement. a statement that they were they were standing they standing by her like what's that TikTok like that's your man yeah that's your man and I, I'm gonna stand beside him <laughs> I'm gonna stand beside him so, but so yeah I think, so I, but all right the and the last part is for black people I'm speaking specifically to black people y'all we don't criticize our babies in com- in front of company and I'm not I'm not saying that don't hold. If Shakari was being flippant and disrespectful and like, fuck y'all, fuck the media, fuck this, I did what I did, blah, blah, blah. If she was if she was not showing the grace and the accountability that she's showing right now, I would understand that take. But she hasn't said that she wasn't wrong. She said it is what it is. I did what I did. And these are the consequences for it. And that's why Sis still has my support. And I'll be honest with you, I'm not going to, I don't believe in disciplining people for for breaking rules that shouldn't have existed to begin with. Criminalizing anybody for marijuana in 2021 is bullshit. Bullshit. I don't, especially because we, we, you've got the same people criticizing the system are also making money off of it. So you're talking out of both sides of your mouth, and I don't respect that at all. The second part about it is this. I don't appreciate the rhetoric that came from the fact that, oh, she got all, like, she got all that hair and all them nails as if black women are supposed to not show up as if us showing up as ourselves, authentically ourselves is somehow not excellent. Leave black girls the fuck alone. Just because it's not your taste does not mean it's wrong. And some of y'all need to understand the difference between that. Now, I'll be honest with you. No, that's, that's not how I dress, but that, that has nothing. I, that doesn't mean I think it's wrong. Am I necessarily going to walk around in public in a bonnet? No. Am I going to shame somebody else for doing it? No. Just long, like, bro, you got to be comfortable in your skin and what you eat don't make me shit. And what one black person does does not speak for all black people. However, I'm not going to sit here. I, I Just because I disagree with it doesn't mean I'm not going to defend your right to do it. As long as it's not illegal and it's not going to end up, you're not going to end up in hell or jail doing what the fuck you want to do and it doesn't rain on my parade, play ball. Mind y'all motherfucking business. But I'm not... Would, yeah. My bad, but I do get tired of y'all policing blackness just because y'all, like a lot of times, and this is the perfect segue, when I listen to certain black people talk, especially about how black women show up in certain ways, y'all sound like conservative white women. Which brings me to Felicia Rashad. Calvin, would you like to explain? <laughs> yes. Uh, no, but yes. <laughs> um, so, for those who are living under a rock. Wait, real quick. Um, at a one hour, 25 minutes, we're going to go ahead and add a trigger warning. We are getting ready to talk about rape, sexual assault, abuse, victims. There we go. Right. So in case you have been living under a rock for the past week and a half, Bill Cosby is free? We said free Britney and they let this nigga Bill walk. This <laughs> is like, best we could do is Bill Cosby. Um, so. Again, this is this is another reason. This is another example of why context is important and why two things can be true at the same. So, Bill Cosby won an appeal to the Philadelphia Supreme Court that not only freed him immediately, but also overturned his conviction. You ask, well, how the fuck did that happen? Here's how it happened. So. When Phil, when Pill, I mean Bill, Ooh. testified. <laughs> words are hard. Words Ill, are difficult. 
Bill Cosby nasty. It, you know what I'm saying? Um, so when when Cosby testified in the civil case, because remember it was a civil case, I think um somebody had sued him, I forget who. In the civil case, prior he struck a deal with the previous um prosecution, you know, state's attorney that pretty much in in exchange for Bill Cosby being honest and open in his testimony, that he would escape criminal charges. So when he got on that stand in the civil case and admitted to, you know, buying, giving women quaaludes and giving women drugs and, and with the hopes of having sex with them, he was doing that thinking that he was free from any criminal charges. Then, and mind you, the old, the old prosecution, old state's attorney is a Trump supporter. So, white man, Trump supporter, very, very go. Okay. So then when the new, when the new state's attorneys kind of came in, due to a clerical error, or or a nigga forgetting to, to write everything down, the new state's attorney didn't know that that agreement was in place with Bill. Did not charge him criminally for everything he admitted in the civil case. So, so, when, so, so when they looked at his testimony and, and that nigga was caught in 4K admitting to drugging women with the purpose of having sex with him, they was like, we're going to arrest his ass and charge him and convict him off of that testimony. So then, also, because Bill Cosby is still rich, he had the money to hire the lawyers necessary to, to really comb through and find the evidence of that agreement that promised him that he wouldn't be charged criminally. And so that's how we got free. And so two things can be true at the same time. One, technically, someone in Bill Cosby's situation should be free because it's, 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 like, go, it's like reneging on a plea deal, right? Like, I, I agree to, to give you this lighter sentence in exchange for your testimony. You, then, you testify, and then I say, actually, I'm going to charge you the full price, half fun in jail. Technically, and legally, that's fucked up. And all the lawyers on the timeline will agree with you. That's fucked up. That's not how the justice system is supposed to work. So in that technicality, yes, Bill Cosby should be free. The other, and more important, if you ask me, side of things is, that nigga admitted to drugging and raping women on the stand. And, and yet, the initial agreement was for him to avoid jail time in order for him to admit it. That's also really nasty and disgusting. So, in my, in, in, you know, trying to conflate the two, I want, all, I want the majority of niggas who get jammed up because of some bullshit-ass legal bullshit to be free. That does not apply for people who admit raping women. So... Where you niggas got it fucked up at is this. Bill Cosby is not innocent. And that nigga getting out of jail was literally a miscarriage of straight up justice. So first things first, I want to acknowledge all the survivors of sexual assault. Because things like that, I know personally I was extremely triggered. I was angry. I was so fucking mad. Because you know what? my abuser is still walking around the streets of Columbus very free. Very free. Very, very free. 
And you went to the police. I went to the police and I was told that there was pretty much nothing that could be done for me. I filed charges. I I was I I did what maybe not in a timely fashion, but I told my story. And that man and some of his friends, quote unquote, what's funny is that um there's somebody who fuck it, we ball, this is my podcast, our podcast. There's a mutual friend of ours, and I'm not gonna say his name on or off wax because to be honest, my nigga, fuck you. And I hope you hear this and I hope that you hit me up and I pray to God that you understand exact like, bro, as a matter of fact, you don't have to hit me up. Just let this message be enough. Do not sit in my face and talk about how you support me and you understand and, you know, you're going to ride with Allie until the wheels fall off. And then I see you posting up on Instagram with the same nigga that you just told me was a foul motherfucker. And, you know, of other women with very similar stories to mine. Do not ever sit in my face and tell me that you have my support and listen to my story and offer me a shoulder to cry on and a shoulder to be there for me. And then I see you posted up with this nigga with bottles and kicking it. Do not ever. I never asked my niggas to pick a side because I knew that the moment, uh uh-oh, let me grab my charger, ladies and gentlemen, but because I knew the moment that I started to speak my truth, how close the 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 proximity that this young man has to a lot of y'all. I knew that the moment that I started to tell my story, it was going he, that relationship with y'all was going to be forever affected. I knew what it was going to be the moment I decided to open my mouth. I knew. So no, I never asked niggas to pick sides, but I said, hey, you can't have it both ways though. I'm just understand that this is what happened. I'm telling you because you you claim to be somebody that loves and respects me. You are hanging out with my abuser. I just need you to know. And I'm not telling you what to do and how to do it, but you are moving around the city with a nigga who put me in harm's way. So how you choose to move from that is on you. But if I do catch you hanging out with him, I am going to remove myself from this relationship because it's too much. That's it. That's all, folks. I have a question. Listening. Listening. Because, and that's more of a clarification. Okay. You say you didn't ask people to choose sides, nope. right? And but you told them if you if you if you if they was hanging out with your abuser that you would choose for them. Like absolutely. I'm not, okay, I'll be so honest that, with you. What's the di- what's the difference? Yeah, the what's di- the difference? The here? difference here is that you could have said. The, the difference here with, in this particular situation is that this man looked me in my face and said, hell nah, bro's cut. It's, it's a wrap. I can't believe him. I'm, I'm so upset. Alex, I can't believe that that is you. That's blah, 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 blah. And you, you sat in my face and you, you said how much you support me and how hard you riding for me for me to turn around and see you kicking it with the same person that you said it was up for the next time that you saw them. Oh, it's, it's up, all right. Okay, I understand. I just, you know what I'm saying? Because, 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 and I'm not trying to rehash it because I know you didn't tell me for a while. And no, I, you know what I'm saying? And, 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 I didn't say a word. I didn't, I didn't say, I didn't say a word at all because I knew. And that's, that's not to y'all. That's no fault to y'all own. You didn't know. But when you did know, I said, listen, I can't tell you what to do and how to do it, but I know what would make me feel uncomfortable. So if you want to stay neutral in that, I understand it's not your battle, it's not your fight, but the nature of our relationship, you and I will change for my safety, 
and my sanity. Because at some point, that has to be a priority. It, it, and, and I deserve the right to say that. And the other part about it is this, right? And 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 I don't want to spend so much time on that uh, on Bill because that's not that's not the point of this story. But Felicia Rashad, given the fact that the role that she played in this and and for us as Black girls, and knowing who she is and knowing, you know, like the 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 pedestal and the respect that we show to her, and for her to come out and say make it seem like Bill was innocent and that justice has somehow prevailed as if she can't read, as if she doesn't understand the legal system the same way or or not being able to understand the legal system in the exact same way we're seeing it in real time. That's what you came out your face to say? The Chadwick Boseman School for Performing Arts on Howard University campus? That's, That's what you chose to do, sis? So, in my, you know, it's one of those things where it's like, sis, don't forget to leave when you go. And it plays into the... Big, that's, that's, that's her phrase. You know what I'm saying? Don't forget to leave when you go, sis. The other part about it is this. The bigger part, right? We really need to have a conversation, real, a real conversation about how harmful some, some of our elder Black women are. And the gatekeeping, I mean, excuse me, and the gatekeeping that they have done for the abusers in our lives. That nasty-ass uncle... That everybody complains about that pedophilic ass cousin or the motherfuckers who be coming to the family reunions and the first thing that you say to the young girls is don't be popping your ass and put some clothes on because there's men in the room. They're only keep getting invited to the family functions because your great auntie keep inviting them. They only are only they they keep being allowed and welcome into our safe spaces around these young girls because the young girls aren't wrong. These pedophiles are. Okay, because your aunties don't want to hold them accountable. But that gay son, it hasn't been welcome in years. But your filthy ass, nasty ass, trifling ass, pedophile ass niggas in that family are sitting at the table playing spades and smoking weed and molesting your daughters. And these black women are allowing it to happen in their households up underneath their nose. Our black girls have not been safe for a very long time now. And the gatekeeping and then the secrets, the the whole term, what happens in the household, stays in the household, was developed by these quote-unquote Felicia Rashad characters that exist in our lives. And I understand that trauma like that is passed down. Rituals that, sick-ass rituals like that are passed down. That's a generational hurt. That's a generational curse. And I understand that they can't do no better if you're not shown no better, but weren't you enough? Wasn't the abuse and the transgressions and the wrongdoings that happened to you, wasn't that enough? Because I know it was enough for me. I know it was enough for me. I know for damn sure I'd be damned if the little girls in my family felt unsafe and they came to me about it and I didn't do something about it. There's a lot of little shit that I know certain members of my family don't talk to me about because they know I'm going to wreck shit. I'm going in. Because at some point, the safety and protection of young black girls has to come first. Not a priority, the first. First. Because, let's be honest with you. You start off as little sis, you become big cousin, and then you become the auntie. You become the great grandma. I already know that, like, when I become, like, when I, my, my I have arrived moment, my house going to be the spot. I'm going to host everything. 
but it's going to be a safe space. And you nasty ass pedophilic ass niggas or and 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 I'm be honest with you. There is a pedophile in my family. And that person has never been welcome in my household around anything I have going on and nothing that involves my child. Not even. If I know that that person is going to be there, I deliberately am not. There's a, As a matter of fact, there's a whole subsect of family in Cincinnati that I have that I don't even speak to because they continue to make this man feel comfortable in places that he has, his ass shouldn't even be welcome to. And that's on wax. And you can come see me about it. I don't have a single problem. You are not the, the, yeah, I, I do believe that what, what happens in the home should stay in the home, except when it comes to protecting abusers. That is a pain that nobody should have to experience. And to all my little black girls out there that have had to live with that, and because you know that your secrets are not safe when you do speak up and the, the dangerous and vulnerable position it does put you in when you have to say no or when you have to stick up for yourself. I know for a fact that there's a girl who was homeless after she outed her abuser. Her family kicked her out. Kicked her out. Because she said this man put his, put his hands on her. She was on the streets and 16 years old. Y'all want to talk about hoe origin stories? Let's start right there. We have been over-sexualizing our girls for quite some time, and it's women like Felicia Rashad that are making it okay because the niggas you need to be checking, you're supporting. So, no, I don't have space for it at all. You want to see me do some real jail time, like real jail time? Put, some, put, a, baby, put, put a baby in danger. In front of me, a, a baby, an innocent party in danger? Oh, I'm up. I'm up about it. We need to have a serious conversation with our elders about that. And the crazy thing about it is women like Felicia Rashad are not going to unlearn a fucking thing. What you do is that you teach these young girls that you fight for yourself. And no matter what, right, wrong, or indifferent, I'm going to ride for you. You're not going to be wrong defending yourself against somebody who should have never had access to you to begin with. Period. Period. I'm tired of, of, of generational curses not being broken by the people who are charged with, with protecting the same, the, like, whew, this weighs heavy. This one, I'm not going to lie. This one's heavy on me. This, this one's heavy because I know what it feels like, not, not in this particular, so on this particular topic, but I know what it feels like to see generational curses being broken by your labor. I know what it feels like to break a generation. Oh, oh, God. Ooh, ooh, I'm trying. Ooh, I said I wasn't going to cry when I talked about this one. I said I wasn't going to cry. But I know what it feels like to have to break a generational curse that nobody wants to acknowledge was there to begin with. And you have to be the one to dig up the dirt. And not even the dirt, because it wasn't really buried. It was rotting. It was that old stinking ass thing that nobody wants. It's, it's a trash bag full of shit, full of absolute shit that nobody wants to be strong enough to just lift up and remove. Because lifting up means that there's a probability that whatever's in this bag going to fall the fuck out and you're going to have to deal with it any goddamn way. Because now it's in the middle of the floor. It's not packed up in that bag. It's no longer swept underneath the rug. All that dust that's up underneath the rug, it has created a little mountain. You can't ignore it anymore. Heal that shit. 
But in the meantime, make sure that when we taking out the fucking trash, when we cleaning out the closet, when we removing them skeletons, you set a, a standard and a habit that makes sure this shit don't happen no more. It stops with us. And I am a part of the generation of black women who are breaking these curses and creating safe spaces for our black girls and boys because our boys are getting touched up too. And it's not okay. I'm here to tell you it's not okay. And black, we are a part of the generation that are going to therapy because we need to talk about some of these curses because I refuse, uh, refuse to deal with this shit in an unhealthy way. It's disappointing that I feel the way that I feel about Felicia Rashad because she is coveted and respected for her work and her art and the things and places and the people she's supported and the talent that she has helped cultivate and develop. She has been a huge gatekeeper for the Black community, but she's also not a safe space. And I'm questioning how many things she's turned a blind eye to. I'm questioning how many things Felicia Rashad has seen Bill Cosby do and how inappropriate he was probably with some of the women on the set of that show that she just conveniently overlooked. The same way that I look at, I side-eye the fuck out of Lena Waithe for the exact same shit. I don't give a fuck about your art and your accomplishments when you're not keeping it player or safe for the, for the generations of little black girls and boys behind you. What kind of gatekeeping is that? What exactly are you protecting? Uh-uh. Uh-uh. I'm not going. No. Absolutely not. If we're not going to keep it safe, if we're not going to maintain healthy ways for Black people to progress and feel safe in our families, I don't want none of that shit. Fuck family. If you're not safe, fuck family. That family word is... The F in family stands for fuck you. <laughs> Because the, if my family were to ever put me in an unsafe position like that, I would disown the shit out of them. And me and my family, I'm not going to lie, not, not in this particular arena, but every family has got their shit that they have to deal with. No family is different. Everybody got their secrets. Everybody does. And I'm not going to get on here, this here podcast and air out mine. Hell no. But please understand and believe that the abusers in your life should not have safe spaces especially not around these kids. And somebody has to say something. Whoosh out. Whoosh out. I don't, and I know that we're running short on time because we, we could really do this podcast for three hours today. However, free Britney, bitch. Um, the conservatorship over Britney Spears upheld by her father has been disgusting. And it has to be, I don't know what California's judge looked at this case and saw that not only is Britney Spears' father the, the, over her conservatorship, he is also over her finances, her medical records. He is the, like, he, like, the, the checks and balances here are egregiously out of control. And because I don't know what I'm talking about all the way, I'm going to keep it real cute. But I do know that Britney Spears should be free. And she has our un, she has our support here on this podcast. You want me to stand outside her mansion and, and partition judge? If y'all got a motherfucking partition you want me to sign, pass that bitch my way. 
Britney Spears is our hero, and that is on our one of our unproblematic faves, and she's been going up for us for the longest, in her own way. Free that woman. She can't even get her IUD taken out without her father's permission. That's disgusting. Yeah, so, for those who, this is my first time speaking in like 40 minutes, um, for the those who, <laughs> Shut up, Calvin. Uh, for those who aren't a conservative, a conservative conservative is pretty much like unlimited power of attorney, right? And they generally put that in place when they feel like the person in in in, in question cannot is not mentally well enough to make their own decision. So the conservatorship with Britney was put in place after her 2007 year, right? Mm-hmm. Like her rock bottom year. So. Where, you know, the shaved head, the umbrella, the Kevin Federline, all of that. So that's when it was put in place. Since then, Brittany has gone to rehab, gone to therapy, did what she needed to do in order to kind of get back right. Even has a residency, residency in Vegas, all sorts of things. But there's, that conservatorship is, conservatorship is still in place. Um, she's appealed for it. They, they, you know, she has a court, you know, lawyer that just recently asked to re- resign. Um, all of the things that I'm going to say are alleged, but allegedly the judge is getting some under the table payments mm-hmm. from, from the father in order to keep the, you know, keep, keep the arrangement in place. You want to know what's sick about that? The money that her father is using to pay that judge is Britney Spears' money. There's, a, there's, a, there's an entire missing, was it $600 million? Mm-hmm. Um, that is, still can't be really accounted for. Um, there's rumors that, it, that the father directed it to Jamie Lynn Spears to kind of help her get her, get her businesses off the ground. Um, at the end of the day, I think it's clear to everyone that Britney's not the same Britney who she was in 2007. Right. And I think another thing is, imagine imagine the worst year of your life, whatever that year is for you. Imagine the worst year of your life. And imagine being judged off the worst year of your life for the remainder of your life. Like, that so one, that, imagine that one, being judged off of 2020. You know what I'm saying? That wouldn't that wouldn't necessarily be fair, right? That wouldn't you that wouldn't be something that you would really feel is a fair statement. It, you know what I'm saying? So that's what Britney's going for right now. She's being judged off of 2007, almost 14 years later. Mm-hmm. Um, and and you know what I'm saying? It's tough. She has an outpouring of support, even from some people who the support wasn't welcomed. I think Justin Timberlake tweeted free Britney, and everyone got on his ass. You know what it is? And the reason why everybody got on his ass about it was because, like, let's be honest. Anytime Justin Timberlake has a record or anything coming out, the first thing that he talks about is Crimea River. So it does feel expo- like he was exploiting the situation. It does. Now, to be honest with you, do I think that he cares about Britney? Hell yeah. Do I think that these fucking Disney kids got carried away? Motherfuckers was being young, got cheated on, blah, blah, fucking blah. Yes, absolutely. But that does not take away from the fact that I do think that there was sincerity in Justin Timberlake's um, reaching out to saying, hey, bro, this is fucked up. Because he didn't have to say a goddamn thing. So do I think that he was sincere? Yes, I do. Yeah, that was my point. I'm like, yeah, like, 
I could I could have fell out with you romantically and like you know what I'm saying like said some shit romantically, but I could still want you to be a person. You know, right. so I can still want you to have your own autonomy of your body. Like, it, you know what I'm saying? Like, that that relationship was young and toxic. Like, they were both in, like, their early 20s. You know what I mean? Like, literally toxic. Like, so, I, that's what, that one made me feel some type of way. I'm like, yeah, I know that nigga, you know what I'm saying? The nigga, hey, he not, he, it wasn't like he was saying, like, I miss you, Brittany. I wanted, I wanted to reconcile. I wanted to get, no, he was just like, hey, man, like, you know what I'm saying? She should, free, free Brittany, like. Like, whatever issue, and he even said, like, whatever issue that we have, nigga, like, she deserves to be, her, she deserves a, autonomy, you know what I mean? So, that's why I was like, it was one of those things that was like, damned if you do, damned if you know, because if he didn't say shit, like, if he took the Janet approach, niggas got on his ass about that. But he was, but he trying to, he's trying to learn from his mistakes and actually be like, let me, let me show some support. Motherfuckers also got on his ass. So, you know, it's one of those things where. If, if if the internet likes you, you can do no wrong. And if the internet doesn't like you, you can do no right. Um, one final quick topic. Do we know where Will Smith was on <laughs> September 7th, 1996? Has he provided an alibi? I feel like that nigga was in the drop busting you. I feel I feel like from what I've learned. I feel like that nigga might have shot Tupac. I feel like, you know what? As much as Jada Pinkett Smith keep talking about Tupac, I think I honestly think Will Smith shot that nigga. And at this point, I can't blame Will. Yeah, like, here's the thing. Like, if Will did shoot Tupac, he would low-key be justified. <laughs> like, like so, so for those who don't understand, so even though Jada and Tupac were broken up before Tupac's death, I think... He was, she was with Will when Tupac died. Jada has made it clear over the last couple years, especially the last couple months, that she was still in love with Tupac when Tupac died. On his, uh, what would have been his 50th birthday, she released a never before, a quote unquote, never before written poem of Tupac. Now, mind you, Jada, that poem had to be over 25 years old. And you mean to tell me the paper's still white? Like that, Jada? Stop playing us. That paper's still white as snow and not yellow. Ink ain't run or smudge, not a bit. Okay, Jada. And then... I absolutely do feel like she's dragging it. Dragging it like fuck. And then um, one of Tupac's old artists mentions that Jada asked Tupac not to beat up Will. Also... You you combine that with it, the, with excuse me excuse me your honor relevance bitch why does any of this fucking matter and honestly here, it like here, like here's the thing. And here, I'm follow me because then also you then you remember the entanglement with August Alcina last year so she's and, just being embarrassing and and and, and, la- and also you know do you remember the there's a video where Jada said, tells August that she's a little, she sees a little bit of Tupac in him. You, you listen, I'll put it like this. Will Smith has been in public life since the late 80s. The first time he got fat was after the August Alcina entanglement. You that like that hurt him. And I'm not even saying this to be that hurt him. I'm not gonna lie. Because Will Smith, you ain't heard about none of his bitches. None. None. Uh, 
None. Uh, if their marriage is so open and so on, like if their marriage is quote unquote so often, so open, how come Will you ain't, got control of his hoes? Bro, them hoes ain't said a fucking word. Not a word. Let me tell you something. If I, I can't say, all right, as somebody who was married, the one thing that, and, and as somebody who's been in shit, I've had 10 boyfriends over the past two years. Clearly, I know something about commitment. But, Never mind. I'm going to shut up. 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 You, that's the favorite time for that. The favorite time for that. Anyway, so the one thing about, that I will say is this. You want me, we can work out the majority of issues except for babies and public embarrassment because I'm not dating a nigga who has a baby with me because I don't date niggas with kids. Also, you publicly embarrassing me is like, that's a deal breaker. That's a deal breaker that God can't even mend, bro. I'm telling you, Jesus himself would have to come down, sit on the edge of my bed and be like, listen, sis, he is really sorry. <laughs> like, there's not, like, there is nothing you can do. You can come back from that. The fact that Jada was publicly embarrassing, not once, but twice. And Will is just like, I'm gonna stick by my wife. Like, bro, he's taking a Jon Snow approach. That's my queen. Like, it's pathetic. Honestly, honestly, listen, I wonder how J. Cole feels. (laughs) (laughs) Because, you know, he had that, no role models. Like, one of his most famous lines was like, you know, that real love that Jada Will. Ooh. Nigga, that sounds like a threat now. Nigga, that's not, you, 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 nigga, beloved told me tomorrow she wants that Jada and Will love. I might break up with her. Like, hold on. What, what type of, what are you trying to tell me? She might beat you to a punch, my nigga. Like, what? You want that Jada and Will love? We could just leave. We could just be friends. Like, we could, we could just be friends. Like, I don't need you to embarrass me like this in, in front of company. Like, and that's the thing. Like, I, and I always say, <laughs> I, always, I, always, I always say that. Like, you, you know what I'm saying? Like, nobody's perfect. And that includes in relationships. No one's perfect. You, you're going to make mistakes. You're going to, you know what I'm saying, do some shit that piss off your partner. But as long as whatever you do to piss off your partner is in-house. You, you can, can get away with a lot can, of shit. As long as y'all public. Tell, man, let me it. tell you something. Y'all underestimate privacy so much. Y'all underestimate privacy so much. Because let me tell if, you. If there's no somebody. evidence. If there's no evidence. To the public of whatever bullshit that you may have done, be it. If if you may get away with it as long as you're willing to like apologize and accept, you know, whatever energy for a minute, you might you might get back in there as long as there's, as long as there's no babies or no tweets or no screenshots or no public embarrassment, you might be able to get in there. Like, and I I'm not saying I'm going to try it because again, my beloved will kill me and everyone else, but. If you, you know what I'm saying, if you slip up and fuck around. Baby, I but, felt unsafe listening to you say that shit. Listen, I'm not, listen, I'm trying to make it very clear. Like, this is, this is, this is me speaking for the general public, nigga. I like to live. You hear what I'm saying? <laughs> I like to live. I enjoy being amongst the living. But if you fuck, but if you make a mistake, and I'm not even saying it's cheating, but if you just, you make a mistake, if as long as it's not a public embarrassment of a mistake, you'll generally, Get back right uh, as long as you're contrite in your apology and you're willing to make and you're willing to change behavior. You feel what I'm saying? A lot of you niggas fuck up and a niggas is gender neutral is when not only do you make the mistake, nigga, you make it big. It's public. And it's to the point where Shorty got to choose her pride over you. 
Like, don't ever, don't ever put, don't ever put your partner in a position where they got to choose their pride over being with you. That's not a position that you're going to win. Not, not ever. Not, not, not never. You feel me? Ah, uh, yeah. Yeah. Because, because at this point, if Will just left Jada, everyone be like, I, yeah, I understand. If he, if he took back his hyphenated last name, like Rashad took Nunu's chain back in ATL, niggas would be like, I get it, bro. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And honestly, niggas are looking at Will Smith funny, but he hasn't. Like, nigga, fight back. Nigga, have an orgy. Like, get, get your dick suck on Instagram live. Nigga, do something. I just... If Will got his dick suck on Instagram live, niggas be like, you wildin', but I get it. I mean, you wildin', <laughs> but I absolutely... Yeah. I understand. I, I understand. She drove you there, bro. It's okay. <laughs> yeah, she she did that. I I get it. I can't sit here and say I disagree with Shorty at all. But that's also the other part. Y'all got to keep it fair. Like let's 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 at least keep the keep the game board free and clear. Calvin, I have a positive note. I'm going to end this on. What what's your positive note, friend? Try Jesus. You can even try Satan if you wanted to. But it is never a safe option to try me. That's not positive. That's yes, not positive. it is. Let me tell you. Let me tell you how it is positive. Because I'll, I'll, Don't worry. I'll wait. <laughs> if you enjoy breathing, the crazy thing is that I am not hell. <laughs> I couldn't even say that with a straight face. <laughs> um, I am not hell unprovoked. People be like, Alex, you are wild. You are off the fucking deets sometimes, sis. And nine times out of ten, when you see me like that, it's because you fucking tried me. And I do not believe in being the bigger person. I never have and I never will. Because nine times out of ten, it avoids, it, it prevents the other party from taking accountability for their actions because you telling me to be, be the bigger person, you're acknowledging that I'm right. And you know that if no one, I, no one ever tells be the bigger person that nigga that's wrong. <laughs> yeah, like nobody ever says that shit. Nobody ever says that shit. So here's the thing, toots and tootsie pops. How do I say this? Because I'm trying to be real careful, <laughs> real careful here. If you're gonna tell the story, tell it straight. If you're going to speak about me and the existence, non-existence, or collapse of a relationship between you and I, for good, bad, indifferent, or worse, you could, if you were not going to be honest, you did not have to say a goddamn thing at all. So now, and I pride myself on not chasing rumors and falling down that, that hole or rabbit hole of the he say, she say shit, because there is no getting out of that. Chasing rumors is a bottomless well, and, and, and honestly, I don't have time to get to the bottom of shit. I'm not thinking Whoever can think whatever, I'm not clarifying nothing. I don't care that much if we being real. But I would be lying if I said that my feelings don't get a little touched when I hear that there are people who I've once cared about that don't know how to just not. And it's okay when relationships dissolve. It's okay when things don't always work out the way they're supposed to. 
shit happens. We're adults. We are we are grown ass motherfuckers. And and in life, sometimes you you plant seeds with people, and sometimes they take root, and sometimes they don't. We can go in peace, baby, because I nine times out of ten, if I leave relationships, the first time I leave, it's peaceful. It hurts, but it is peaceful. It's peaceful because nobody's dead or in jail. I consider that peace. However, I don't lie. I do not lie. I don't have to. The truth speaks for itself way too. The truth cuts deeper than any lie I could ever come up with. And to be honest with you, my truth is so goddamn off the chain, you don't believe me any fucking way. What difference does it make? However, before you tell a lie, you can simply just be quiet. You don't have to say a thing. And knowing that for other people, that's not the option that they're choosing is interesting. It's quite interesting. So with that, I say, you can try hell. You can try jail. You can try heaven. You can try Jesus. You can try Satan. You cannot try me. Calvin? Can I end with a real positive note? Yeah, go right ahead. <laughs> and I understand where you come from. I understand it. Like, and like you said, there's no need to choose sides. Just I choose truth. I choose truth. Um, because sometimes people's people can lie so much that lie becomes their truth, and that's why I don't believe you. You always believe like you say my truth, right? Mm-hmm. I, I don't. And we've argued with it back and forth because I believe there is the truth in your stories. No. Because your story is your truth. Because... Damn it, woman. Go ahead, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. Because I was not... We ain't got time for that argument. We don't. So, but I understand, like, there's three sides to every story. I understand that, and I understand when you're not ready to share your side of the story. But the other person's ready to share bears. And so because of that, that story becomes a prevailing narrative because there's nothing to replace it with. And I understand how frustrating that can be. Um, I, I, I think you, you, you know what I'm saying? And you have to kind of, A, have some solace in, you can't have it both ways, right? You can, if, you're not, if you're not ready to share your story, you're not ready to share your story. You also have to understand that, like, it's human nature to fill in gaps um, until you are. But you also, you also have to have that confidence that, you, that when you are ready to share your story to the people that you can't give a fuck about sharing it, that they'll hold that space that you, that hold that space and give you that same space and that grace that they gave the other side of the story. And I say all that to say that when it comes to this game we call life, Run your race. Don't get caught up, and I and I'm and the call is coming from inside the house. Don't get caught up into what everyone else around you is is running. Niggas niggas make it real niggas make it look real good on social media on the race that they're running. Niggas, you know what I'm saying? Niggas make and so don't get caught up on that. Run your race. You you know what you need to do to run your race. Run it. You know what you need to do to live your life. 
Live it. You know what you need to do to be happy on your time. Do it. Every If you run your race and you do what you need to do, you have to trust that everything that you can't control will eventually work out for you. I agree. Um, I saw this on Twitter, and it says, when you focus on you, so does God. So stay in your lane. Absolutely. It's your girl, Allie Nicole. It's your boy, Fee Diddy. We are out of here. Peace. Yo, I'm about to take a chance, yo. Blindfolded with the free throw. Lil' mama playing good defense. Two seconds on the clock, I'm gone. So. About to shoot, about to shoot, about to shoot my shot. Yo, about to shoot, about to shoot, about to shoot my shot.